I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Florida is a toss-up while Biden leads Pennsylvania. The polls seem to agree Biden has a lead nationally, but there is a route for President Trump to be re-elected. ABC News political consultant Steve Roberts joins us live on the KSL Newsline with more on those critical swing states. Boy, a lot about this uh, election day, Steve, sounds uh, much like 2016 to me right about now. Actually, it sounds like 2000 to me, uh, because I think that the one of the most more likely scenarios here is that it's going to come down to one state, Pennsylvania, and uh, with a lot of controversy and uh, a lot of conflict over not only who voted, but who counts the votes and using what standard. Um, If Trump's behind by about five points in Pennsylvania, but that's a doable margin. And Biden has made some mistakes in Pennsylvania. His comment about closing down the oil industry really hurt in western Pennsylvania, which is a big energy-producing area. And secondly, I think the civil unrest in Philadelphia over the weekend, all it takes is a couple of blocks burning and a couple of kids throwing rocks, and Trump ads can make this feel like the whole city's in flames. And and there are a whole lot of, in the middle of the state of Pennsylvania, there are a whole lot of aging white men um, who have not been to college, the core of the Trump constituency. And if Trump holds Pennsylvania... That means that Biden's got to win at least one other state that Trump won in 2016 to pull this off. And the election gets suddenly gets a lot closer. What about the Sun Belt and, and the possibility of Biden taking any of those states? Well, that's real. Uh, I think Arizona is a state that has been uh, moving uh, from, from red to blue. Um, it's a state with a significant Hispanic population. Although Biden has not maximized his turnout among Hispanics, it's still an advantage. Um, you've got a Senate race, a very contested Senate race in Arizona, where the Democrat, Mark Kelly, the challenger, is, is uh, heavily favored to win. So it's entirely possible if he loses, if, if Biden loses Pennsylvania but wins Arizona and everything else stays the same, he's at exactly 270 votes, uh, the bare minimum it takes to, to win. So um, it is, look, some of those Sunbelt states are moving in the Democratic direction. In states like Texas, Georgia, there's, it's not just that there are rising uh, minority votes in both in all those states. It's also an influx of people from other states, particularly educated folks who have come for high-paying jobs in the tech industries and the, and the booming economies of the Sun Belt. So uh, the question is whether uh, there are enough of them to tilt uh, the basic conservative character of the state. But yeah, the Sun Belt's in play, but probably one election cycle away from really turning blue. You mentioned that uh, this feels a a little like 2000 to you. We're all hoping and praying we don't end up back at the Supreme Court here. We sure are. And and, and there's there's one critical difference, and it's not a good one. In 2000, there was a certain respect for the process. Let's remember, even though Democrats felt very bruised by this five to four ruling by the Supreme Court, which closed down the, re, uh, the the counting in Florida, made George Bush president. Al Gore conceded the election, and Al Gore and the Democrats basically said, "We don't agree with the process, but we accept it." 
20 years later, my sense is that the trust in the process, the trust in the system is much lower. Um, uh, we're a much more polarized country. Um, the notion of, of the Democrats conceding the way Gore did if uh, this uh, election were decided by the courts, I just think is much lower. I think the possibility for a very basic um, unrest and instability in the country is much greater than 20 years ago yeah. if, and it's a big if, if this election winds up being decided by a court decision and not by the voters. We'll be following tomorrow. Steve, it's good to hear your voice and, and be well, please. Steve Roberts, ABC News political consultant with us on KSL News Radio. 709 means it's time for us to get a look at triple team traffic, and it's brought to you by Mount America's free online and mobile banking tools. How are we doing, Andy? Well, it depends on where you are, Tim. If you're taking I-15, you're in great shape between Draper and downtown. It's been pretty clear along 215 as well between uh, the South Belt and the West Side going up towards the airport. It's the city streets that have been seeing problems, including and especially 5600 West between uh, Parkway Boulevard and the 201 Freeway. Uh, and we still have the, the train blocking the road 900 West between 21st and 17th South. That's actually increased traffic a lot on 13th, 17th, and 21st South as people look for alternate routes to get around that. Eric? Got a good flow in Utah County right now. No problems on the freeway from Provo to Point of the Mountain. You're talking about 20 minutes from University Avenue, and that's a uh, we're very typical. I-80 into the mountains. Right now, it looks good. You got dry roads out to Park City and vice versa. Heather. Haven't seen any brake lights yet. Southbound I-15, usually around this time of the morning, we're going to see those between Layton and Farmington. But right now, everybody's moving at speed. Where the congestion is happening on most of the city streets, though, some of your Ogden streets are pretty full. 5600 South and Roy, very typical this time in the morning. And we're now seeing delays on Antelope Drive as you head west toward, uh, head east toward I-15. Any hour services, electrical, plumbing, heating, and air, if you've been putting off repair or maintenance projects around the house, they can help. Google Any Hour Services or visit anyhourservices.com. Heather Kelly in the KSL Traffic Center. Traffic and weather together every 10 minutes on the nines. And Grant is back now with the hourly forecast on the 7 o'clock report. Cool temperatures again this morning. Get those jackets on. Jackets probably already on 37 degrees at 7. And clear skies, 60 at noon with sunshine. Sunny 67 at 4. So it warms up and then backs down to 59. Uh, with clear skies at 7 p.m. There's your hourly forecast. I'm Grant Wayman, KSL Weather Center. Right now, 38 downtown. Picking up on Steve Roberts' point, police across the country are preparing for potential civil unrest this week as election results come in. In Beverly Hills, police are bringing in an extra SWAT team from a neighboring city. Police are hiring 80 armed private security guards to augment officers, and stores are being told to board up. All these different resources help the Beverly Hills Police Department. In Rhode Island, an emergency operations center is opening in case of unrest. And here in Washington, police have canceled all days off. Much of downtown D.C. is boarded up now ahead of tomorrow night with protest groups vowing to take to the streets as results come in. Alex Stone, ABC News, Washington. Texas's shift into a battleground is on display in the fight for control of the state House of Representatives. Democrats uh, are just nine seats from winning a majority for the first time in 20 years. They say a victory could spell an end to an intense era of culture wars and bitterly divisive laws in the Texas Capitol. Republicans are taking the threat to their majority in Texas seriously, but insist they are not as vulnerable as Democrats are making it seem. 
Trending this hour on the 7 o'clock report. To take control of the Senate, Democrats have to win back at least four seats or three if Joe Biden wins. The latest polling indicates Democrats have a chance to, in traditionally red states like Texas, Georgia, and even South Carolina, Republicans want to flip Alabama. All right, no excuses for not going to the polls. A Florida woman gave birth and voted at the same time. Orange County elections officials say she showed up last Tuesday while already in labor. She filled out her ballot in her car, all while doing her Lamaze breathing. (laughs) (laughs) I still remember. Today, starting at 10 a.m., a special hour of Dave and Dujanovic, a pre-election town hall. Utah voters lined up to call the show live to tell us the top issue that's driving their vote this election season. Join us at 10 a.m. KSL News Time 714. From ABC News. I'm Sherry Preston. President Trump and Joe Biden making their final pitches across the country, even though nearly 100 million Americans have already cast their ballots. If Biden and Harris get in, the economy will collapse and our country will go into at least a free fall, but probably a depression. They want to raise your taxes. We only have two more days. Two more days we can put an end to this presidency that is from the very beginning sought to divide us, to tear us apart. States like Florida, Georgia, Texas, and North Carolina have a lot of mail-in voting, and they have already begun counting the ballots. Other states, however, have not. ABC News Chief White House Correspondent Jonathan Carl. There is so much vote by mail, and in several of the key states, states like Pennsylvania and Michigan, they won't even begin counting most of those votes until Election Day. So the talk of the president declaring victory prematurely, saying that he's got a lead, well, it's quite possible that early in the night that Joe Biden's the one with the lead. ABC's Marcus Moore is in Texas. There have been some complications with voting. Republicans are trying to get a federal judge to throw out more than 100,000 ballots because they were cast at drive through polling stations in the Houston area. They are arguing that violates state election laws and an emergency hearing is set for this later this morning. If a judge decides to throw out those votes, that means all of those voters We'll have to go back to the polls. ABC's Victor Okendo is in Florida. 29 electoral votes up for grabs here. The president knows that he needs to carry the Sunshine State in order to win re-election. This is a state he's visited more than any other, a place that he calls home. He was back here again late last night for another rally. The last time that former Vice President Joe Biden was in town, he said that if Florida goes blue, it's over. Germany, the latest European country to invoke a partial shutdown because of COVID. Italy has also announced new restrictions. And there could be a second lockdown across Britain as well. You're listening to ABC News. All right, let's go in depth here. We've heard it for many years. It's the economy, stupid. Historically, a bad economy is a major hurdle for an incumbent president to overcome during an election. So how do most people think the economy is doing? KS on News Radio's Paul Nelson has this in-depth look. And as we begin the new year, our economy is booming. Wages are soaring. Workers are thriving. And America's future has never, ever looked brighter. Those statements were made back in January before COVID-19 shut everything down. And in March and April, the U.S. went through a major economic downturn. So the real question is, as President Ronald Reagan famously asked, Are you better off? than you were four years ago. Researchers at Bankrate.com asked people across the country to compare their financial situation now to what it was before President Trump took office. Is it better, worse, or about the same? For some Utahns... I've stayed working, so it didn't really affect me. And for others... I know I've actually been working more 
So technically better, but once things settle, then it'll go back to the same. Analysts found that the largest group, 40% of people polled, say their financial picture was roughly the same, and 26% said things had improved. For us, our financial situation is worse. I am from a single-parent home. Um, The stimulus for me was not a lot to get us by. So who believes things are better and who says things are getting worse? Bankrate senior economic analyst Mark Hamrick says the numbers break down predictably along party and economic lines. Those who said or tended to say that they were better were male, white, Republican, college grads or baby boomers and those who made $80,000 a year or more. Those who tended to say they were doing worse tended to be black, female, Uh, and in lower income groups and more often Democrats. Hamrick says there are some people who thrive in an economic downturn and a lot who suffer. This occasion has been more dramatically divided that way than anything in our lifetime. And even though we went through the downturn, Hamrick says there were substantial gains to the gross domestic product in this year's third quarter. We lost 22 million jobs and we've recovered about half of those jobs. Paul Nelson, KSL News Radio. KSL News Time is 719. Let's get another look at Triple Team Traffic, brought to you by Mountain America's free online and mobile banking tools. Andy? Traffic looking good if you're taking I-15 through Salt Lake County. Really, if you're taking any of the freeways through Salt Lake County, they're all in pretty good shape. It's city streets that I've been watching have the most problems this morning. Northbound 56th West, especially in West Valley near 21st South. The train still blocking 900 West at 1800 South in Salt Lake City. That's creating a bit of a jam here on uh, people getting sitting the 201 freeway at 9th West and uh, finding an alternate route to get between uh, 21st and 17th South instead. Eric? It's looking sharp in Utah County. You're seeing a little bit more congestion now, uh, not on the freeway, but uh, over on some of the uh, major entrance ways. Uh, for instance, 800 North between State Street and I-15 in Orem. That's one spot. University Parkway, just a slight bit more congestion as you work your way over towards the freeway as well. But overall, it's not a bad picture down Utah County. Heather? We are still looking pretty good through Weber and Davis County. No accidents reported on city streets or your major freeways. You will see some pretty heavy traffic, though. Southbound I-15, mostly between Layton and Farmington this time of the morning. You're starting to see a few backups on US-89 at your larger intersections when the lights turn red. And 5600 South and Roy is the most congested right now, trying to get over to Hill Air Force Base. When it comes to your company's employee benefits plan, don't shop just a few carriers. Shop them all with Magellan HCM. Visit shopmyplan.com. Heather Kelly in the KSL Traffic Center. Traffic and weather together every 10 minutes on the nines. We hinted that there was a big change coming in your seven-day forecast. Grant's back to sort it all out. Got a storm upon us for this weekend, but uh, nice all week. 67 sunshine today. 67 of the sunshine tomorrow and 69 on Wednesday with lots of sunshine. And more the same Thursday, 69, mostly sunny. Partly cloudy skies on Friday, also up to 69. And then it cools for the weekend. Rain, 54 Saturday and snow showers Sunday, high of 38. I'm Grant Wayman, KSL Weather Center. Right now, let's check our current condition downtown. We're at 38 degrees. You've been listening to the 7 o'clock report brought to you by Any Hour Services, Electrical, Plumbing, Heating, and Air, AnyHourServices.com, and our KSL News Time is 721. It is time for the Dave and Dujanovic preview, and Dave Noriega is here to talk about the very special town hall you'll be having in the 10 o'clock hour. Looking forward to that, Dave. Absolutely. I think this was something that we uh, really wanted to put together 
and talk to a little bit of everybody, whether it's the new college kid that's voting for the very first time to the retired military family. We wanted to really reach in and touch on the one thing that is getting them out to vote. Is there a single issue? Is there a single candidate that is really motivating people? And uh, we really want to just tap into their brains and find out why are they excited uh, or maybe even why are they dreading the vote this year? I'll be real interested, too, Dave, and I don't know if this is among your questions, to find out if it changed, if the pandemic changed the way they voted, whether they were in-person voters or whether they did a mail-in ballot. That's a great point, Tim, and I love that idea of how your perception has changed in 2020 because this is a year like unlike anything we've ever experienced. So, yes, I love that idea of where have we changed, where have we adapted, and has it uh, manifest itself at the polls. Yeah. All right. Look forward to it. Uh, that town hall coming up at 10 o'clock this morning. Dave and Debbie, of course, will be here at 9. Dave and Dujanovic on KSL. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.